the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talked with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are around the world, a warm welcome to you. My name is Julian Gibb from the Harvest Foundation, and you are listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories. Well, what's that all about? Well, it's about how Jesus calls his followers, those who profess to be a son and daughter of God, to live their life, to love their neighbor as themselves, to put the word and deed in practice, in action together, to serve as Jesus's hands and feet. And today, it's, it's not a word I often use, but I will. I'm honored to be speaking to uh, to Doug, Doug Landro, who is currently um, residing within the Ukraine. And so uh, Doug was on the show a number of months ago, and I've just sort of been following um, the service that he and others have been giving to the uh, the people within Ukraine and uh, couldn't resist on having him back. So, Doug, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Glad so, to be here. Now, 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 tell me, friend, you, I mean, uh, in many ways, it's such, such a huge topic. You know, you, you are uh, uh, originally uh, from America and uh, you, uh, you married up. You married this wonderful lady uh, from the Ukraine. Is this correct? Yes. And so you married this wonderful lady in the Ukraine, and you, you've been serving there for, for years. Um, uh, I hear of the work that, that you and others indeed have been doing within the Ukraine prior to the war, uh, serving as Jesus' hands and feet to our Ukrainian brothers and sisters. And then all of a sudden, this uh, horrendous, you know, that might be downplaying it, this horrendous situation transpires within Ukraine where there's suddenly this war and this flood of uh, immigrants and people who are suddenly homeless uh, and bereaved and uh, you, you you find yourself I'm assuming I can, I'm trying to put myself in your shoes in this situation of being somewhat overwhelmed how how, how on earth are uh, is is uh, one church able to do so much and so so Doug what what, what did you do in that situation? Yeah, when when uh, when war hit, um, I was sitting in our office. We have run a cafe in the center of the city of Ujgorod, and uh, didn't know what to do. I said, "Lord, what what would you have us do in this?" And we we already had two refugees at our house the night before they arrived. Before the war started, uh, it was a couple. One was an American, and he was married to a Russian lady, and they had fled their city in anticipation of the war starting and then boom it hit the next day and uh immediately all my friends uh in kiev and elsewhere were on the phone with us and that night we had uh well 
within a few nights, because it took like three days for them to travel to us, we had about 20 people in our home. But I sat there uh, at our in our cafe, which is next to our church, and was just saying, Lord, what is it you want us to do? And so I just felt the Lord say, uh, open up the church to uh, take in people temporarily. And so we did. And I, I, I ran down to the store uh, to buy some mattresses. And I guess everybody else had the same idea. It was <laughs> The, the store is full of people buying mattresses, and I could only get 20, and, and then they were sold out. And uh, But it was just enough. Uh, we had uh, 12 uh, refugees our first night. Um, 11 night. Our first night. We had yeah, 11 Nigerians and a, and, a, and a Yemen. They were all international students. They came from Odessa. They jumped on the train to flee Odessa. On the first train, it happened to be the train to Ujgrad. They didn't know where they were going. On the train, they met somebody who knew me and Marina. Uh, we still don't know who that is, but they said, hey, when you get to Ujgrad, look up Doug and Marina. They'll help you. And so they came to our center, and uh, uh, by uh, the Lord's guidance, we had enough beds for them that first night. One of the ladies was pregnant. Since then, we've gotten uh, a picture of her with her baby uh, and a great thank you note for all, you know, and but most of the people coming in were just coming for a day or two and then and then heading out uh into into uh into Europe. So yeah, we had uh at our height we had about 550 people in our 11 centers. Wow. Right now we're about 194, 195. So I mean what you were saying there is you know 11 centers. So uh I'm assuming uh you quickly realized that your church body community itself couldn't 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 do it by itself and so you joined forces with all the other churches in the community is that correct that's correct so we yeah we got a a huge donation of mattresses within the first week and uh we filled the church up they had a maximum space for 56 people as i said we were at 550 so uh yeah we started talking to different uh i I lead i lead an alliance called the transform Ujrad alliance here in ukraine it's made up of 14 churches in and uh, Christian organizations, plus another 26 churches local that uh, we all work together in bringing transformation to our city. And so I just got on the phone with our different partners and said, hey, would you open up your place for refugees? We'll help. And so that's what we've been doing. Wow. So so the uh, I mean, it's wonderful to hear the church coming together. You know, I'm assuming that you're not all of one particular group denomination elder board you know so it's actually the 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 church universal coming together uh in a time of crisis in order to uh to care for those in need uh doing doing what the church should be doing yes and uh so you know this is uh i'm blabbering on a bit but i'm personally finding this very encouraging if not somewhat daunting you know and it's the sense of uh what can I do, God? You know, what what can I do? You know, it's kind of well, use what you have in your hands and and start. You know, is that is that a fair? Are those fair words to put in your mouth from what happened? Yeah, um, I, I was once told by a Sunday school teacher when I was in fifth grade. His name was Al Kuyama. He was a Hopi Indian, and um, or I should say Hopi Native American. And uh, he told us, he said, uh, God can steer a moving car, hmm. and uh, the lesson he was t- t- teaching us young people was that just follow Jesus and he will steer you in the direction you want. We tend to ask, you know, we want God to write something in the sky for us. You know, what shall I do? And yeah. Al-, Al told us, no, you just, 
You just start living for Jesus and he'll steer you in the direction he wants you to. And that's what happened. I mean, we open up these centers. Uh, now we need food to feed them, you know. And so we were able to work with uh, local restaurants and the city government started giving coupons out to those who were in the center uh, for food. But many of our centers were outside. Five of our centers are outside the city. So we had to, we had to provide food for them. And so we started raising the funds and many people were uh, uh, donating to us. And so we're still... Um, spending about $850 a week just on food for our refugees. Um, then uh, uh, then there was transportation needs. You know, they wanted, they need, some people needed to get driven to the border. Mm. And, and that's actually very important because what was happening is a lot of them were, were being trafficked. So they would cross the border and oh, they would no. be met by someone offering them a ride and then disappear. Oh, and so we wanted to be able to drive them to their contact directly on the other side of the border so that we could pass them without being trafficked. And so the United Methodists and the International Association for Refugees donated money so we could purchase a, a van, actually two vans, and that we could transport people across the border. And the other passenger cargo van we used to bring humanitarian aid uh, to the Kiev area. And so we were doing that on a weekly basis as well, uh, helping our brothers and sisters uh, uh, there in, in the Kiev Bucha area, especially is where we were sending aid. Uh, then there was medical needs. Most of the doctors fled the country as refugees. And so the hospitals were low on doctors. And so we started bringing over medical teams and doing pop-up clinics in our different centers. And they would come in and do evaluations. And uh, just as we, we, as we sense the next need, we just moved to meet it. You know, uh, trauma counseling is a big problem right now. And so we have uh, uh, Wheaton Bible Colleges coming over with their new trauma first aid training, which they just translated into Ukrainian. And we're going to doing the first training conference of that here in September. Um, and uh, the big thing we're doing now is as, as these uh, temporary refugees started to stay, uh, what, you know, for different reasons. Well, for what, one main reason was the men were not allowed to leave the country. Right. If they were between the ages of 18 and 60, they were of fighting age, so they could not leave. And so we started seeing more and more single men staying in our centers. Um, and then because as time went by, everybody realized that we are very safe. No bombs have dropped on our region at all. Uh, so women were saying, I can just stay here with my husband and my, and my kids. And so we started seeing families staying in it, which wasn't healthy. You know, because we have mattresses on the floor. Some of our centers don't even have showers. They don't have washing machines, you know. They don't have kitchens and things like that. Uh, and so we realized it, it's not safe having all these um, families who don't know each other, especially a large group of single men now with children in the same place. And so we just didn't feel safe as, as well. So we started building um, longer-term housing. And uh, the first thing we did is is we converted uh, two of our centers into longer term. One was already a transition home for orphans. That was easy. We just had to put beds in there instead of mattresses on the floor. They had everything else. Uh, and then the Adventist church had just purchased a building, uh, two buildings to put up a drug rehab center prior to the war. They were not finished. And so we finished them for them so that we could house families in them. So we were able to get rooms for 19 families already. Then we started building tiny homes, and we're in the process of building four, a community of four homes uh, near uh, Ujgorod, and now we're raising funds to build 18 homes um, just outside Ujgorod as well. So uh, this longer-term housing is really what's good, because we need a place where they're safe, 
And, and, and so when, and when dad goes back to Kiev or Kharkiv to rebuild the home for the family, they want to feel that their family is safe somewhere. Wow. And so we were producing a, uh, a very safe environment and, uh, uh, and very green. It's going to be solar powered. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's uh, a good thing, you know, to care for the environment as well. But, but, Zeroing in, I mean, I mean, uh, Doug, you have a smile on your face, you know, and um, perhaps it's, you know, whatever you're having, just having a good day. But I mean, <laughs> you, you're facing with situations of families, uh, probably, you know, some are split because the men have to stay and hold a gun and protect their land. You know, uh, you know, it's a full, full, full fledged war. You know, there's no guarantee of that gentlemen coming home you know so 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 everyone has this in the back of their minds they had a house you know i mean i i've been over the last six months i've been just you know layman's research of the ukraine i i admit to being somewhat ignorant about the country but prior uh you know this is a fully fledged country you know and uh it's a beautiful place breadbasket of europe and so forth um so suddenly these people uh that that they're being their homes have either been bombed or they've been forced to leave. They're, they're sleeping on a, a church floor on a mattress, uh, which I'm sure, you know, they're, they're very appreciative of, you know, everything's turned upside down. You know, their people are fleeing the country and, uh, you know, ne- never let a good war go to waste. There's perverts picking them up at the border. And, and uh, so all this is happening and it's sort of uh, how, how, how does Doug, not just sit in a corner, let's be silly for a minute, with a tub of ice cream and, you know, rather than a bottle of whiskey and try, try and forget. You know, how, why, why are you smiling, Doug? Well, I'm smiling right now because I just got done eating a tub of ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, there you uh, have it. There you have it. Ice cream cures yeah. all the world's problems. There you have it. Uh, yeah. No, but, but uh, being, being serious, how, how do you, how do you, yeah. let me put this in a serious tone, how, how do you keep, keep going doug what 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 is it because that empowers you to to keep going first it's hanging on to the promise that all things work out for good for those who are in christ jesus and i and, and wherever i get an opportunity to preach here in ukraine now that's really the message i give i uh, we, we talk about you know the story of um um this is not being recorded right so i can stumble here it, it, uh, uh, it's fine. No, stumbling's okay. good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the story of Hannah and, you know, in, in, in her giving um, birth to um, the prophet Samuel. And, uh, you know, here, the, the phrase that always gets me is God closed her wound, her womb. God closed her womb. It wasn't a accident of genetics. It wasn't, you know, a, 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 an illness. God closed her wound. And the thing that was creating huge depression in her life that says, you know, she was crying all the time. She couldn't eat. I mean, these are signs of depression um, was caused by something God did. But Hannah turns to that God and asks for a son and trusts in God to receive that son. And she says, I will give the son to you. And that is how we hold on because Hannah Everything was going wrong in her life, but she never lost faith in a good God. God is sovereign. Putin did not invade Ukraine, you know, 
uh, God had Putin invade Ukraine. And we have to understand that God is sovereign. If he's not, then I would be depressed. If bad things can happen because God has lost control, that would cause me concern. But when bad things happen, I know they happen because God allowed it to happen and he's a good God. So something good will come out of it. And that's how we can, that's how we move forward on that promise. All things work out for good. And uh, we were seeing it. We're seeing, we're seeing people come to Christ uh, left and right. We're seeing racism coming down. I just recently released one of our videos where uh, Slavic people are being cared for in a Roma church. And if you know anything about uh, the culture here, the Roma are highly prejudiced against, you know, and, and these people, their eyes are waking up saying, wow, we're being helped by Roma, you know, and uh, so we're seeing racism coming down. We're, we're seeing a lot of things. Uh, um, we just held a memorial service in our cafe for a lady uh, and her only friends were those who were in our, in our, uh, uh, in our center. All her friends were elsewhere in the world. She had nobody and uh, she came to Christ uh, she started coming to our church service out of obligation. You know, we're taking care of her. So I guess I got to go to the service. And over a few weeks, she came to Christ. She came to Christ on a Sunday, and she died before a week was over. She died on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And it was totally unexpected. And she's in heaven with Jesus now. Um, so uh, that's how I can smile. All things work out for good. And God is in control, and I have nothing to fear. So, I mean, that 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 is amazing. First of all, you're listening to the kingdom and today we're blessed to have uh, Doug, who uh, is a brother who's serving within the Ukraine. Um, so hey, Doug, Julie, you... can, I just, can I just correct you on something? Because you do it a lot. And just yeah. your audience. Um, yeah. It, when you are in Ukraine, you don't say the Ukraine. Okay. Because it implies that you are our territory within Russia. Oh. So ah. uh, we, we, we say Ukraine, not the Ukraine. So just Ukraine. clarification there. <laughs> okay. For those listening on the radio, I'm currently slapping myself on the face. Uh, I repent. Uh, Ukraine it is. Okay. I've got to burn that in. Uh, thank you. Now, I, I, I don't want to be jovial. I shouldn't be jovial about that. Ukraine. Um, so, Doug, you're in Ukraine. And uh, you're just saying, you know, one of my questions is, well, once you're faced with all that darkness, you know, how, how, how do you keep going? And you've been sharing that, um, you know, people are coming to, to faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, racism is being lowered where um, racial communities that wouldn't 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 uh, darken the, the hallways of one another, wouldn't wouldn't communicate with one another other than in uh, verbal aggression in the past are serving one another. And so you're seeing despite this inhumane action you're seeing humanity in its proper full uh, sense flourish within within your area jesus is still building his kingdom so uh, i i'm not going to go in, into the war one because of time and two i can talk to you after the show <laughs> but uh um uh, for for reasons of details of what's happening and so forth but um what what would you say to those what would you say to me and what would you say to those who are listening are saying, wow, um, you know, well, this this Doug Landro, clearly uh, he has a superhero spiritual cape on, the, you know, where he's uh, God has, which is true. God has gifted Doug in a certain way. And but I, I could never do any of this. I mean, um, 
you know, I'll be praying for Doug. Amen. You know, and, uh, but I, I, I can't do something like that within my community. You know, I just haven't got what it takes. What would you say to that? Um, I don't know what I would say to that. Um, I have to think about that. I, I, I wouldn't condemn anybody for, no. um, I mean, we do what we feel God is calling us to do. And, and, uh, I think, Julian, you could do it. That's, you know, um, if you were put in the situation, I, you know, if you were to ask me a year ago, could I do this? I would probably just laugh and say, no, I don't think so. Um, but I think when you're, you're put in it and, and you're just following Jesus, it just, you know, uh, it comes naturally. I mean, I, I learned my lessons hard. And when the, when the war first hit, hit, you know, I was, I was, uh, uh, very ill, uh, Four times I was taken to the no, I'm sorry, three times I was taken to the hospital by ambulance, and another time an ambulance came to the house. Um, and it's just because I wasn't, I was 24 seven putting the whole burden on my shoulders. You know, I have to solve this, and it wasn't until I was able to let that go that uh, all my health problems went away. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's a learning process, and I, I think we all learn when we're put into that situation. Would you would you say then that it's um, we're not it's a community thing? We're, we're not we're not one one person superhero, yeah. um, you know. Perhaps I, I know I've certainly nowhere near to the extent you have, but I've kind of tried that myself. You know, I'll deal with this, you know, and then come up with a lackluster, you know, frustrating yeah. result. You know, it's kind of like you know, well, well it's about a community of the the church coming together to to do it. Is is there, is there truth in that? Yeah, I, I think, Julian, we need to remember God's never going to put us through something we can't handle. Hmm. So God's never going to put you through something you can't handle. And so in my case, the groundwork had already been laid. I didn't know war was coming, but we had been building this network of of churches and NGOs, you know. And so it was just, I already had them all, you know. I was able to bring together 11 of our partners uh, within a week and have all these centers up and going. And, you know, and as well as working with our other alliance members that they may not have had centers, but they were certainly involved in uh, our ministries as well. Uh, one of them runs the uh, medical pop-up clinics for us. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, it, the network had already been there for me, you know, and my wife, you know, I just wouldn't have made it without her. That's for sure. Um, she's my compass and, uh, uh, and, uh, and my right hand and everything that we do. Um Oh man, and so, so Doug, you know, we got like uh, I don't know a minute left or something. But um, uh, what what I what I want to know, you know, I, I am going to ask a little bit. What what is the situation? Uh, uh, I know within your within Ukraine, I know within your area there isn't bombing and so forth. I mean, is there is there any light at the end of the of the tunnel at this point in time? Yeah, well, Ukraine. Uh has been re- has received uh, much weaponry from the west and they're using it uh and pretty much have stopped the russian forces from advancing there's been no advancing in the last week and the two weeks prior to that it was you know literally inches of of movement um so ukraine has held them back and we are now getting prepared to take some territory back that we had lost so so the tide is turning now russia could be a dog in the corner, <laughs> you know, they do have nuclear weapons. So 
you, you don't know what's going to happen next. Uh, currently, we are watching Belarus, which is uh, considering declaring war on Ukraine as well. So we may have to deal with another country. Um, and if you're watching the news, Russia had taken a nuclear power plant several months ago. That made the news then uh, as it was uh, um, they're worried about it being hit and exploding and creating the worst nuclear disaster in the world. It's the largest uh, nuclear power plant in Europe. And uh, uh, well, now Russia is using it as blackmail. They are actually even though they control the plant, they are firing on it. And. Uh, and then blaming Ukraine, saying, oh, it's Ukraine firing. And uh, it's, it's, it's nuclear blackmail. In other words, if you attack us any further, we're going to blow this up. And so that, and even if that happens, even we in Uzhgorod would have a moderate level of radiation cloud over us, um, as well as all the Baltic states, Poland, Slovakia, half of Hungary and half of Romania would all be under a radiation cloud as well. So, uh, yeah, we're, that's what we're facing right now. Well, something for us all indeed uh, to pray for uh, divine intervention, for peace to uh, come uh, to the Ukraine. Uh, may, may the Lord use, continue to use you powerfully during this time and indeed uh, afterwards, where hopefully uh, you'll be one of the people involved in restoring uh, an element of normalcy but also uh, introducing more people to the love of Jesus Christ. Wherever you are, whoever you are, may the Lord bless you and show you his peace. Hey, can I just give a shout out to our website, ukrainecollective.org. Check it out and that will give you a daily updates on what's happening here. ukrainecollective.org Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360 we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on The Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.